This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. All right, where's the interview taking place? Is it down at the stadium? Is it in Miami on the Kismet? Who cares? Urban Meyer meeting with the Jacksonville Jaguars today. And let the urban talk heat up once again in the River City. Brett Martin along with Austin Lane. What a week it's been, really. Uh, awesome week. Uh, we love being able to do what we do. We love that you listen up and uh, be a part of the show. Uh, some good calls, some good interviews with the Maurice Jones, Drew, and others. Uh, Grace Rayner from Clemson on Trevor Lawrence. It started with a Trevor, Trevor, Trevor uh, kind of week. Uh, really started with kind of Marone into coaching and Trevor. And now it's really uh, finishing up with Urban Meyer and the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who will it be as the process continues? Brent Martineau from home once again. Austin Lane in the Action Sports Jack Studios. It's been a heck of a week, man. Let's hope we get about uh, a few more months like this. No, without a doubt. It's been a, a heck of a week for audience participation, let's just say. It's been a heck of a week for intrigue if you're a Jaguars fan. And it's been a heck of a week because guess what, Brent? Guess what I watched today for uh, the first couple episodes? Queen's Gambit. You better believe it. Now, you didn't really sell it for me. I had to go out on a whim and say, am I going to watch this or not? Coos. Go and ask me what I think about Queen's Gambit. Like, I'm going to give you a real review of Queen's Gambit. How do you feel about Queen's Gambit? Do you trust me? I guess. Lock it in. Lock it in right now. It's you like stuff. it. It's good stuff. You yeah. like it. Yeah, damn good, good show. Damn good, good show. Yep. I'm happy about yep. that. Yep. You know what's going to be surprised? I want this take, okay? And I don't uh, – this is going to probably sound bad. But I'm, I'm into – what are we on? Uh, watch last night, episode five. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm going on four right now. Gosh, you are quick at this stuff. Yeah, I'm not messing uh, around. I didn't even want to know how many episodes there were, but Steph uh, told me yesterday. Spoilers. Seven. Yep. So uh, now I know. But you know what's what's amazing in this? Uh, watch the 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 development, if you will, of um, of Beth Harmon mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like. She goes from, like, obviously she's a kid at the time, mm-hmm. but even when she ends up as, like, a young adult, the the maturation of her in the show is striking. Yeah. You know, but so by toward the end of it, it's like you're watching, like, uh, of course, the settings in the 60s. So it almost, like, feels like you're you're looking at, like, a redheaded uh, Marilyn Monroe type of Sure, it, sure, you know? yeah. Which is, which is just wild uh, to me. That part of the transformation of the story, um, and, and, of course, we're not done with it. So, well, you know, I actually think it's really, since I said that the other day, I really feel like these last couple episodes have me even more locked in. So okay. now I was curious about that. Now, now I'm curious about it. There's got to be another twist. I can't already know how this thing's going to go. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm curious about that. All I'm going to say is I'm proud to report that I took my son's Nintendo Switch last night and I threw it away and I gave him a chessboard and I said, figure it out. Let's go. <laughs> There's yeah, money to make. Let's go. Grand it, champion status. It locks you into that chess world. No Grand champion it, status. Did you Let's play chess it. at all as a kid? I did. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. Uh, not a lot. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you a lot, but mm-hmm. I did uh, play a little bit of chess. So I learned how to play. Now, if if I played right now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, from a strategy standpoint, have a clue. Yeah. Like I know what the the uh, you know the pawn does and mm-hmm. uh, the rook does. <laughs> flex, and, uh, flex. Okay, you know, Brent, I see you. Well, I know what they that do. Chess game. But I I don't know if I know how to move them strategically to, gotcha. to checkmate you, if you will. Yeah, um, yeah. So 
Uh, speaking of checkmate, I don't think we're really close in terms of the Jaguars' head coaching job. Not yet. Really? Uh, okay. I don't. I don't believe so. I really don't. And, and I know people disagree with me on this. I've been on Twitter most of the day. We've been talking about it and having a lot of fun with it. But obviously the reports this morning that the Jags are meeting with Urban Meyer, which I can tell you are true, uh, not that you need to hear that from me. I think there's enough smoke out there. Uh, it is a little debatable where the meeting is, although I hear it's in South Florida, is um, is, is what the uh, uh, common thread seems to be um, so far. But I don't believe this is going to be, hey, by the end of today or early tomorrow or even sometime tomorrow, we're going to know about Urban Meyer. I, I don't get the sense that is. And, again, I'm just telling you how I feel. I, this isn't anything that I know. I, I feel like Robert Sala will get the interview tomorrow. I think that's going to stay on. I think the latest for me in Rappaport is that's still on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think they are going to do their due diligence and also uh, kind of wait for this. I know we discussed a little bit, like, hey, why can't you tell everybody it's on? It's, it's the greatest job out there. I think they wanted to calm the waters on the Urban Meyer front based off last weekend and how this has transpired. It got going almost too fast, I believe, for the Jaguars' liking, and I think they wanted to get the whole process of this. And I still firmly believe this, Austin, and, and I find it somewhat interesting, and I don't know if it's a red flag. But I do believe the Jaguars are the only one chasing Urban Meyer. I think they're the only one either that he has said he's interested in or the courtship is only coming from the Jaguars and nobody else. Now, I guess I know we've seen the Chargers name thrown out there. I believe that's a tactic on his campsite of saying, yeah, there's more interest. That's what I believe. That's just, again, my opinion. But it doesn't seem like when there's Arthur Smith interviewing with everybody else, all six open spots, why aren't we getting that with Urban Meyer? Is that a red flag at all um, or not? And and because of that, I feel like the Jags have a little bit of time on the Urban front. Now, they do have a timetable relative to other candidates and other jobs that are open that the dominoes will start to fall sooner than later. But when it comes strictly to Urban Meyer, I don't think there's a rush to be like, hey, we're going to get this guy tonight before somebody jumps on him. No, I hear what you're saying, man. Um, listen, I, I think with Urban Meyer and the whole Chargers things, like – there might be some legs to that because if you're trying to negotiate a situation right now where you're trying to play up the value a little more and be like, well, hey, look at the Chargers interest in me. Like, if I'm Shad Khan right now and I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't buy into that until he meets with them. Okay? Until I see the reports, Urban Meyer meeting with the Chargers. If he doesn't do that, then I'm not worried about it right now. I have kind of the first dibs, if you will, on probably the most intriguing coach um, of this class right now. So what we're going to say. So when we talk about that and whether the Jaguars are doing their due diligence and getting, you know, they got to do the, the whole Rooney rule thing. They got to cover all their bases. I understand that. But I just think that if you know you got your guy and if Urban Meyer is indeed that guy and all these reports coming out are saying that he is the top of the list, then go get your guy. And that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and fair enough. Uh, Listen, I believe that, remember, we are hearing reports. There are talks inside NFL circles. There are talks of the media. There are talks of the national guys being reported. And I believe those guys have sources and all that stuff, and that's how the information spreads. That's just the way the world we live in right now. Uh, Listen, I get get some calls. I'm I'm not sharing anything because I don't. (laughs) fully know for sure <laughs> what stuff I hear is absolutely correct and, and I and I check on it and like nope not enough smoke there to go with anything there so I mean that happens uh, those national guys seemingly really have a grip on it but I'll also say there's another level of this that we are not aware of and you're not going to see on Twitter and NFL Network and ESPN and that level is behind the scenes 
I believe Shad Khan and everybody else, or Urban Meyer and everybody else, or other coaching candidates, they kind of have a good feel of how this is going to play out, not only here in Jacksonville, but here in L- uh, but out in L.A., in Houston, in New York, uh, in Atlanta, and uh, who else am I missing? There's one other job open, but uh, wherever that is <laughs> that yeah. I didn't name. So they have – oh, Detroit. They know how it's going to play out. Like, I, I, And I'll give you an example of this. Uh, in one of the recent cycles, I'm not going to say which one, but one of the recent cycles when the Jags were looking, I had somebody tell me that like two weeks prior, this is what's going to happen. A's going to go here, B's going to go here, C's going to go here, D's going to go here. I'm like, that ain't happening. Like, no way. That's not going to. And dang it, that's exactly what happened. Mm. Like, it was wild, man. It was wild. Like, it was just unbelievable to see it unfold. And at the time, I'm like, you're crazy. Like, we're, that's not happening. And so it was pretty, it opened my eyes to say, these guys kind of know what's up, you know? Like, it, you the camp of Urban Meyer could put out that the Chargers are interested, but people really know whether they're interested or not. Uh, you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. But at the same time, I mean, do you think there is gamesmanship in the league, though? Like, Part I mean, of it. yeah, yeah, I yeah. I so I mean, like, I, I get where you can kind of, you know, have an a, an idea or, or, or like a hypothesis of where everyone's going to go. But at the same time, you got to watch out for those curveballs because there has to be gamesmanship. This is a cutthroat league, and any advantage that you can gain um, in terms of winning or having the upper hand in your opponent, the NFL is definitely going to take. Yeah, and I think you're right about that. And so you have to be cautious, right? You can't be blindsided by the fact that, hey, just because nobody's talking about the Jets at Urban Meyer, there might not be some interest there. So I I get your point. I think you're right on the money uh, when it comes to that. Uh, Having the title today, and we're going to talk about this, The title, uh, part of the title is Shad Khan has had a very good week. In my opinion, he has had a very good week. Uh, And I'm going to get into why, but that will be one of the reasons. and, And it concludes with, Meeting with Urban Meyer, who might be number one on his on his list, might be. So uh, I think this has been a great week for the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we'll talk about that uh, on the way. We talk more Urban Meyer. We've got to talk a little bit about Trevor Lawrence. I want to ask you something today because there's a lot of talk about Lot J and what's going on there, and obviously the next phase is is going to be on Tuesday. And uh, by the way, there should be a lot of talk about that, I think, and we've talked about it many times on the show. I uh, was not surprised by yesterday. They'll go to a vote on Tuesday, and quite frankly, I think that's going to pass as well. So I'm almost beyond the Lot J talk, in, in a sense, because I want to relate it to a potential hire of Urban Meyer, the potential first pick in Trevor Lawrence, and the players in Jacksonville as well, because Lot J doesn't really impact those guys. Lot J impacts downtown and, and everybody who lives around here uh, and others. But there's something else that could impact them in terms of facilities, stadium, and the rest down the road that that I think uh, could be interesting. And so before I get into the, the mud on that, which probably come up in like the 4 o'clock hour, let me ask you this. In college football, people seem to care about the material stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're the Jordan brand or uh, Reebok, <laughs> yeah. there's a difference now, it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. Adidas, whatever it might be. Uh, to some, not all, to some. The Alabamas and Clemsons are so good right now because why? Well, their facilities are unreal. You can even go to lower-level schools, and their facilities are unreal. Florida may have lost a little bit in the early part of the decade because their facilities started dragging behind a little bit, and they didn't give it much attention or as much attention. 
As a former player in the NFL, I know you went to Murray State, so from a facility standpoint, this won't be apples to apples. Mm-hmm. But from as a former player in the NFL and players that you played with in the NFL that came from all different schools, was the facility in Jacksonville talked about? Was it an issue, or was it something people complained about or didn't complain about? Was it ever a topic amongst players? No, I think at least from the players that I hung around with and in the locker rooms that I was a part of, in terms of the hierarchy of of wants, um, to say if you're, if you're like a free agent of the hierarchy of wants that you want to go to a team, like what checks you know the the right boxes. I think that in terms of like a weight room or a, or a training room or even a stadium, um, I think those things are lower on the list. Now the stadium could be different, right? Because when I say stadium, you got to put in the experience as well. I, th- I think the, the the game day experience can go a long way in, um, in a player's tradition or you know in, in his choice, basically. But when we talk about players going, you know, to point A or point B. It, it's all about the culture, Brent, and it's all about the scheme of where they fit. Um, that's the biggest thing that players look for, I, I believe, at least when they go to new teams, is how can I fit in here? How can I get my numbers up? What is that next contract going to look like? Because at the end of the day, this is a business, and you have to build that business. So whether you're better suited to play in a, Cl- a Cleveland defense, whether you're better suited to play in a Buffalo defense or Miami defense, like, you usually going to go where you're wanted number one and where you fit in number two. So to answer your question, in terms of you know all the the, the bells and whistles, if you will, uh, that's not very high on a player's list. But I'm going to say this though: when I visited Oakland, and this is way back in the day, back in 2000, and it would have been 13. Um, you know they were still playing with with the Oakland A's as well. So it was, it was like the Raiders and the A's under the same stadium. And I went to their practice facility, which I have no idea where even it was. But that stood out to me of just how bad it was. And, and like, it probably wouldn't have been a choice where it's like, if they signed me, I wasn't going to go there. I was still going to go there, definitely. But I was not impressed whatsoever with that facility. Um, it was like in the dark ages, man. Yeah, and I think your point's a good one, right? It, it's You might notice it. And you want the best of the best. Uh, and I also think it's a little bit different, in all fairness, coming from a place like Murray State, because you didn't have all that necessarily. So you don't, you weren't there for three or four years and were like, hey, I got, uh, look at, I'm playing video games on these yeah. nice couches and, and at Clemson no, or whatever sure, it might but, be. So you weren't trained that way. And, no, and by the way, I just also, knowing you, you think a little bit different like that, too. You're not No, exactly. Like that, so. but, but I also I visited Wisconsin and things like that, too. So I saw all the behind the scenes of you okay, know, the good. University of Wisconsin, and obviously it's it's up there in terms of what they have to offer. Yeah, and so I wonder that a little bit about uh, money trumps everything in terms of you're right. Like, hey, am I going to be successful here so I can get my next contract and make the most in a short period of time uh, in my life expectancy in the NFL? That that should be top of mind. I think fit and comfort level and all those things should be. I just wonder how much – and by the way, those things should be the case in college too, not necessarily the money, but the education, yeah. the fit, the coach, all that stuff. Uh, but I do think when you're 17, 18 years old, the bottom line is wearing that Jordan brand or going to that facility that's like the Taj Mahal is appealing. And I think that wins over a lot of people. I don't think these folks would be building these monstrosities of yeah. buildings. That's just reality. Uh, I always well, hesitate that you have to have a nice building to win a national championship. But unfortunately, the way college football has gone, you almost have to have a Taj Mahal to win a national but, championship. Yeah, you know, to, okay, so 
I'm glad you brought that up. So with colleges, right? And I've addressed this before, and it is absolutely ridiculous of, of how much money gets spent on college facilities, the weight rooms, the locker rooms, all that stuff. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous, and to me, it's a pointless arms race. But obviously, it gets results. That's why I've said before, where if you're going to spend all that money, whether it's booster money, whatever the case may be, you should tax the football team and whatever how much money you spend, you give back to the university and other athletic programs. Because I just I, I think it's a little overdone, in my opinion, but once again, it gets results. But you got to ask yourself this question, Brent. If you're a senior in high school or a junior in high school and you're visiting these places, right, and you go in the weight room or you see the locker room or, you know, like you, you walk on that field and they have your, your you know, your, your, your highlight film, whatever, like on the giant scoreboard and you're on the field and you get that, that moment, if you will, and that lasts with you. Like, to me, that's all about saying this is how much this university values the game of football, right? Like, look at what they built in their weight room. Look at what their locker rooms look like. The, the, this university cares about its football program. So, yeah, while kids in high school are all about the, you know, the PS5s and the locker rooms and, and all that stuff, and I get, like, that's attraction, too. But I still think it's the fact that, well, this is nicer than another university. They must value football even much more than the one I was just at. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's a, it's kind of like what you say about the NFL, right? What does the money say? Yes. And so what does that money that's oozing off the walls on college campuses <laughs> say? I think it's a fair point. I yeah. mean, listen, we all want to do that, right? No yeah. matter your place of employment, you're like, hey, are these guys committed? You know, can I be successful here, you know? Just uh, so hey, I think that's fair. Hey, if you're a recruiting coordinator at a D1 university, just get like a hundred million dollars just in a room of just like all $100 bills and just take that recruit to that room and be like, here's what we got. Here's what's invested in us. Now you know. Uh, hey, quick thought. By the way, I will advance this conversation a little bit more coming up uh, throughout the show because I, this, I was talking to somebody today and this is what prompted the conversation. So I'll have more on it and uh, something to keep an eye on potentially at least or should the Jaguars keep an eye on um, is a question I have based on all these conversations about Lache, eventually stadiums on uh, the stadium stuff will be on the horizon. But also the idea that Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer could be coming here, you know, could be. Uh, just the idea that uh, sparks some interest on, um, on, on a different level, and we'll get to that coming up. Uh, one quick thought before we take a break, and we might even come back with this. Remember the other day when I said Deshaun Watson's tweet? Yeah. I guess he might have been referring to Houston's situation. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I mean, I listen, I, I'm not – in terms of the cryptic tweets, he very well might have been. I'm not but, sure. I mean, that's not really the moral of the story. The, the, what do you make of it? I mean, yeah. what do you make of – not the tweet, but now the words, the reports, the the. I mean, is Houston making a huge mistake? The, you saw that article about Jack Easterby. Correct. You know, a few weeks back. I mean, that was scathing. That doesn't make it all true or right or anything else. It was scathing. And – the next move they essentially make is, hey, let's go keep this guy who has heavily influenced with Nick Casario, who, by the way, might be a hot name for a lot of teams. And that doesn't appear to be sitting too well. And if they're not even requesting an interview with Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. not even requesting. Yeah, but do you think that Bieniemy, like maybe they did request and he said no? Oh, man, I have a hard time believing that. Uh, maybe, it could have been, but I think we would know that. I think Houston would throw that out there. You know, maybe capped oh, it at five. You, what, know? you think Houston would throw out that, hey, we try to request Eric Bieniemy, but he doesn't want to come here. Like, that's well, not good optics. I see what you're saying. I, yeah. I, I would say 
if I'm a guy that doesn't have a job and wants to be a head coach, I'm not turning down interviews to begin with, but I told you the story last year. Uh, it came out that was in an article that he turned down Arizona because he only had time to do like four interviews, and they were the fifth one. Mm. And so I wonder if it was that same type of say, hey, we're going to do the first five that ask. But, again, that's a little silly on the enemy's part because, hey, if you're trying to be a head coach, take every opportunity possible. And, by the way, they might have the best quarterback situation available of all the jobs no, out there. But, but, so, I mean, but, hey, maybe he's got wind saying that Deshaun Watson's not happy there. He doesn't want to be a part of that. And you might be right. And so, yeah, and then, and then on that, with, in that instance, then they probably wouldn't mm-hmm. leak out. So, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I do want to ask you about Deshaun Watson. Uh, people are bringing this up. I think it's a little silly, and I'll tell you why, uh, about the idea of, hey, would you maybe, if Deshaun Watson's unhappy, Jacksonville, number one pick? Uh, <laughs> what is that? Is it a silly topic? Um, I'll tell you why I don't like it, but would would they really trade Deshaun Watson from Houston? We'll talk about that when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. The freaking Jacksonville Jaguars are 14-12 and 12 all-time against one of the best organizations, quite frankly, in all of sports. Austin Lane. Get him, Brent. Get him, Brent. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, even before Doug Marone was fired as Jaguars coach, we knew that if they moved on, Urban Meyer was going to be the top target. And based on the way it has played out, this is clearly the person that they have envisioned uh, coaching their football team and being the face of their organization. Health-wise, can he do it? And definitively, does he want to do it? Urban Meyer has had his chances plenty of times over the years to come in and still be a head coach. I believe he had the chance at the University of Texas as well. He's had some other chances over the years. Does he, in fact, plan on doing this? That is among the questions they want to know today. Now, from what I understand, nothing is, as of right now, imminent. They have done some interviews that would satisfy the NFL's Rooney Rule. They've met with uh, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. They've met with Raheem Morris, the former interim coach for the Atlanta Falcons. They're also set to meet with Robert Sala tomorrow. As of now, that is still on, but obviously a big day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. Carefully worded. Very well crafted. I like to kind of go inside the tweets and the the comments and kind of say, okay, what did that line mean right there? Mm. Mm. Uh, Hey, uh, okay, guess what this is? That's a Miller High Life. Hey, hey, Miller, cut cut the track. Let's go. No, it's not so diet coke. Not to get Uh, too off topic, did you see the uh, trending video that uh, ESPN and SportsCenter put out? No. The, no, there was a, um, I would say probably in his younger gentleman, like probably like in his twenties or thirties. Okay. Just beat cancer and he comes oh, out. Oh no, I did see and this. He rings a cancer bell and he oh, cracks great. and he yeah. shotguns a, a beer. Rocking Aaron Rodgers jersey too, if I'm not <laughs> yeah. mistaken. Oh yeah, yeah man. That was, what, was that Wisconsin? I had to be right. I guess. Yeah. yeah what else are we talking about? Yeah, that was pretty good. That was yeah. good stuff. Um, Brent Martin of Austin Lane here talking a little Urban Meyer, of course. Jags meeting with him today. Uh, we believe it's in South Florida. It doesn't really matter the location. What does it mean? But, you know, real quick, before I get to Deshaun Watson, I, I, I guess I kind of asked you this, but didn't fully ask you this. Do you think the Jags should be in a hurry on Urban Meyer? I think this, if they are truly um, intending on bringing him in, then yes, you have to sign him or get him signed as soon as possible. 
Because yeah. the last time I checked, uh, do we even know when the combine is yet? Have they announced that with COVID and everything? Nah, but it's always late, no, uh, late uh, February. Late February, yeah, late, yeah. So I mean, seven weeks away, kind of February. Exactly. So with that being said, I want to get a coach, I want to get a GM, I want to get position coaches in as fast as possible, so we, you know, so you can know what kind of offense you're gonna run, what kind of defense you're gonna run, what kind of guys you're looking for, analyze the roster, all that type of stuff. Because the combine, you know, it's closer than we think it is right now, and I want everyone ready. To you know, for the interviews and say we like this guy, we don't like this guy. He's going to fit with us. He's not going to fit with us. Like it's it's a very important time, especially if you're not really going to have a preseason again this year. I mean, it's it's a very essential time. Let's just say. Yeah, well, I think the most immediate part is really like the Senior Bowl that's coming up in three weeks, and that mm-hmm. you want your staff usually assembled by then. You might finish off your staff by then, but uh, you would like things kind of done around that time. That would be late January for some of the reasons you mentioned. I think the hurry part for Urban would be simply okay. Let's just make sure. If he doesn't say yes, or if we don't fully want him, we've got our our pick of all the choices that we do want before they get scooped up by another team. I think that's the hurry part. But I think there's something to waiting it out and, and at least doing your due diligence and also interviewing guys that you've requested. Like, I think you have to do that. And that's why I don't think tomorrow will be a big day on the Urban Meyer front. I think that's going to be Robert Sala's day. And uh, then also, I also think Saturday and Sunday, you're not going to really do anything major because the NFL playoffs are there, and I, I don't think they want all this coaching news flying. You'll get rumors and reports, but I don't think there will be anything substantial. I'm still I'm looking at early next week. I, I really believe Tuesday is the day, uh, maybe Monday, but I think we'll know a lot more about the Jags' head coaching position uh, by Tuesday of next week, and it might be earlier. Uh, people so, might be right on that front. Yeah, so, so let me ask you this, though. So if they interview Urban Meyer today like we think is happening right now, and it goes well. Urban Meyer says that he's interested in coaching this team. Well, then wouldn't you announce it ASAP? Or you think they're gonna like they're gonna have the information knowing that he wants to coach the Jaguars? They'll agree upon that, but they're gonna wait to announce it. Well, is that- listen. At the at the end of the day, I feel like this is how it goes. There's 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 interest. We know there's interest. They're meeting. There, that happens. You still have to be formally offered the position. And so, hey, let's digest this. Let's take a couple. Uh, we got another interview with uh, Robert. So- you can say that to Urban Meyer. Hey, we got another interview tomorrow lined up. Let's take the weekend um, and and just make sure everybody's got their ducks in a row. You guys feel good. Your family feels good. All that stuff. And then you can still do it Monday. I mean, th- I don't think you're losing anything doing that. Is my point. Okay. Uh, that that's that's the way I see it playing out. And I think the Jags want to. I don't know what the protocol in terms of the is it. You know, it, it was. Somewhat of a bad look, and Doug Maroney almost commented this way on Sunday, that the, all these rumors were flying with Doug Marone still the head coach. I don't know if there's a bad look to say, hey, we requested permission to interview Robert Sala, and we got our guy, we're not going to do it. You know, does that is that a bad look for the organization uh, that they didn't even interview Robert Sala? You know what I mean? Is that a bad look for mm. Robert Sala to say, hey, we requested your time, uh, thank you anyway? I mean, you certainly could do it. I just don't know if that's like a faux pas I, in NFL circles yeah, to do that. Yeah, I mean, to me it's not because if you like brought in a player and all of a sudden you have a quarterback that you you know, for instance, like any other position, right? Say you bring in a player and you're looking for a position. You interview a guy or you, you work out a guy and you like him. Now all of a sudden the guy that you told that was going to come in for a workout is not coming in anymore. Like I, I just think that's the business. And I, I think that if you have your guy and then you want your guy, then you get your guy. And you say, hey, we've wanted him all along. We finally got him. Uh, best of luck to you, but we're all set over here. 
Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens uh, in, in that front. I do think the Jags, from an optic point of view, want to let this thing settle down and, and kind of take its course at least a few days instead of being a rush thing. That's my personal view on it. We'll see what happens again. I've got Tuesday as the day. Uh, certainly could happen before then. Might even happen after that. Who knows? But uh, by early next week, people have been interviewing so much, and now the wild card teams like Arthur Smith and Dable and those guys can interview, that you better start making decisions. Like the dominoes probably won't fall too much before Monday, but Monday they might start falling. And yeah. so that's what the Jags, I think, have to be very cautious of. All right. Hey, Deshaun Watson, the report's all over the place. Very unhappy uh, in Houston. Uh, wanted to be a part of the process, was told he was going to be part of the process, wasn't part of the process. First of all, should players be part of the process, Austin? Mm, depends on the players. I think um, at the quarterback position, I think with Deshaun Watson, listen, that guy has uh, given a lot of great seasons to that organization. And he's the leader of that organization. He's really the face of that organization. So I think when we talk about those three criteria being met, then yes, I think he should have at least like sit in a meeting or kind of have some behind-the-scenes access of exactly what the Houston Texans are looking for in a head coach. Yeah, is I guess the question is, he's already put on a pedestal within the organization. And because he makes... What forty million? <laughs> yeah, sure. And so yeah. you're already put there. You're already the quarterback, so you're already asked to do all that. And by the way, players shouldn't be jealous of that because that QB is asked to do a heck of a lot more and take on a lot more responsibility than any other player in the building, most likely, mm-hmm. especially when they're given that kind of contract. But I do think you got to be a little bit careful to let the LeBron James effect take over in the NFL, right? Uh, and and there's cert- that certainly exists in the NBA, where the players really have a voice, like a powerful voice, it feels like. I mean, it really feels like LeBron James is one of the best GMs of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know? for sure. But see, this is the difference between the NBA, though, and the NFL. Like, everybody in the league understands, especially LeBron James' teammates, like, if he wants a new coach, they'll get a new coach. And, like, yeah. everyone's cool with that because they understand that, you know, it's... It's the King James show, and everyone else is kind of secondary. I mean, Anthony Davis is big, too, but obviously, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, LeBron James has that cachet over everybody else. In the NFL, it's different. Like, if you go out and say, all right, Deshaun Watts is going to be in charge of picking our next GM, or he's going to be in charge of picking, uh, you know, the head coach, like, that could rub a lot of players in that locker room the wrong way, right? Because they can see through that type of stuff. So I just think... The mentality from an NBA player to an NFL uh, player is like night and day yeah. in terms of this. I, w- I would agree with that, too, by the way. I'm just using that as a kind of hyperbole more than anything else, but I, I would agree with what you're saying. I, I think this is a communication thing with Watson. He probably, maybe he wants enemy. You know, that's the <laughs> word. Like, he wanted Eric enemy. But if they told him that he was going to have a voice in this, and they went and hired somebody without having a voice in this, well, that's bad communication. Like, you could at least say, hey, listen, Deshaun, I know we said we're going to have you a part of this, and, and we still value your input, but we got a guy that we finally can get. We've been chasing this guy for two years, and Nick Casario, they're letting us talk to him. We can do it. We're going to get him. Um, just want to let you know that, all right? You know, there's no reason why you can't communicate with a guy that you've already communicated with, especially if you're going to do something different than you told him. Listen, right now the Houston Texans, and let's be honest here, this isn't, in my opinion, it's not uh, Deshaun Watson being a diva, being a prima donna. Like The Houston Texans, in my eyes, they have this coming. Because this, to me, stems back from when they traded Hopkins away. Now, I'm not yeah, sure if they really gave D- Deshaun Watson the heads up. I feel like they didn't, because I think if I remember correctly, he said that he found out on social media or something like that, and he was kind of shocked by the whole thing. 
So that's where it started for me because you broke the cardinal rule of any NFL franchise. You're not taking care of your quarterback. Like when you trade away a top five receiver for essentially David Johnson in a second, uh, essentially it's what it was. It was David Johnson, a second round pick. You're not taking care of your quarterback. And that's a big no-no. So then as we fast forward now and whatever the miscommunication was with him having input or him not getting um, privileged information, whatever the case may be, like that's another rule that you just broke. So I don't feel bad for Houston Texans at all. Like Deshaun Watson is a top five, maybe, you know, I'd probably say a top five quarterback. And the fact that you're not treating him like that, you don't respect him enough like that, um, you, you've made the bet in LA in it, I guess. Okay, two more questions on the Deshaun Watson front, at least for now. You're always welcome to join the conversation, uh, 904-362-9901, or on the social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, we will get your responses in if you uh, want to participate. The Do you think he will be the quarterback of the Houston Texans fall of 2021? Oof, that's a great call. Um, do you know what the dead money would be if he was to leave? I mean, you probably don't off the top of your head, but well, I think everybody would assume that contract. There's no way there's an out in terms of releasing him or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. anybody, they just would assume the contract. You would trade him for a boatload uh, of stuff. Yeah, and they're taking that contract and, on. And they would take it on. I mean, um, what, would, would the Patriots trade for him, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if they physically can. I, I mean, not physically, but logistically can with the draft picks, the dollars, all the rest of it. But that's the kind of you'd be talking about something like that. Would uh, the would the New York Jets because they've got a ton of draft capital, they've got Sam Darnold to wave out there, they've got money, they could afford that. And then I guess the second part of this question, Austin, is would would the Jags even consider this having a, a guy who's already a, a Pro Bowl quarterback, one of the best in the league, and say? Thanks anyway, Trevor Lawrence. We'll trade that pick to Houston. I say, get the heck out of here. That won't happen, right? Well, no, it's not going to happen because, uh, to me, it's a, you know, I mean, I think it's going to have to be a higher a price for especially an in-division rival like that. You know, I mean, that's anytime. So for, from Houston's perspective, if you trade Deshaun Watson to Jacksonville, well, you got to see him twice a year. You don't want to do that. You want to trade Deshaun Watson someplace on the West Coast where you never got to see him again. So I don't think that's going to happen. And then another part of the thing, like if you're the Jaguars, well, yeah, you don't want to trade the guy who all things considered right now coming out of college has a lot more accolades and a lot more praise it seems like than Deshaun Watson even did and Deshaun Watson had a lot so then you're going to trade Trevor Lawrence away of what could have been the future to your interdivisional rival who let's be honest it's a dumpster fire right now and you're going to do him a favor by giving them Trevor Lawrence like that doesn't make any sense from the Jaguars perspective either so no there's no way I think it's great talk radio. It's great social media fun. It makes no sense. $39 million contract versus rookie contract. 26, 27-year-old guy versus 21, 22-year-old guy. The guy technically was better at the same school. Uh, if you look at the numbers, and Trevor Lawrence was than Deshaun Watson, it doesn't equate to the NFL necessarily. Mm-hmm. But And by the way, I'll add one more thing. Say, let's just say Deshaun Watson came to Jacksonville. Well, you're wasting another one of his good years. This is looked as like a building year for the Jags still. This isn't like, hey, let's go win it type of year. So you're still kind of wasting another year in 2021. All right, let's get to the phone lines. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Our good buddy Matthew Driscoll, UNF men's basketball coach, on the line right now on a game day, finally a game day for the Ospreys River City Rumble time tonight on the campus of Jacksonville University. Hello, Coach. Happy New Year. Hope you had good holidays. And, my goodness, COVID-19 has thrown the A-Sun already for a loop, isn't it? Well, it's great to hear you guys, and it's funny. 
no matter what year it is, it seems like we're always talking about the same thing leading into our conversation. <laughs> and, you know, so a couple of years ago we were talking about, you know, that team that was really special if we could add a couple pieces. And then, obviously, it, it went backwards, too. I think when you look at a guy like Deshaun Watson, too, the one thing you have to keep in mind is when you're looking to do what, what we're, they're trying to do, obviously, and the way they're trying to, to, to build this, you know, is, is, is that kind of a, a reach, so to speak, or is that kind of a, a commitment really really the direction you want to go when you can get five, six, seven, you know, you got $80 million, you got, I think, seven picks. And so I, I, I think you got a whole lot of more stuff out there than to try to throw that into one particular caveat, so to speak. So I'm kind of with you guys. I think that's just a, it's great for conversation because you guys need something to talk about for the next three months. But <laughs> I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna transpire. You know, when you look at us, you know we haven't played in 17 days, and uh, it is what it is. And some people don't understand, and and some leaders actually are confused, and they get confused with reality of facts and complaining. And there's a huge difference between the two, and you have to understand that not only as a coach, but just as someone in general when you look at the big picture, and. Tony could care less who we have or who we don't have, and I don't care who he has or who he doesn't have because the reality is we're chipping up and both teams are undefeated. We're 0-0-2. We now have a soccer. We now have a soccer ledger in, in men's basketball. We're 0-0-2. we got two in the postponement uh, category. So, you know, they're undefeated as well, too. So tonight's a first-place game in the A-Sun, which is, kind of a cool thing for the city to have you know this is in my opinion the second and third best thing that ever happens to, to this city next to florida georgia obviously i'm not unintelligent but having these games both make a difference playing back-to-back nights how can you say that well when you're in quarantine sometimes you do some you know crazy stuff like look at it for the last two weeks, 198 games coming into the statistics, 45% have been sweeps, 19% have been road win sweeps. I mean, 45% have been splits, 36% home team sweeps, and 19% road team, which JU was one of them last week at Kennesaw State. So this format that's out there, it's interesting that the number of, games that are swept is only 45% by the home team. It just shows you the difficulty of flipping it and playing back-to-back. And Heck, there was a game last week, one team won by 52 on Friday and beat the same team by one on Saturday. Wow. Wow. That's, so, that's like baseball. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Because the guys sleep differently. They, 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 they act differently. They, they, they look at it differently. They're human beings. Um, and so when you, when you look at this game tonight, I mean, our guys haven't played in 17 days. Carter hasn't played since uh, November 29th. We'll be missing some guys um, because of COVID protocol. And um, it is what it is. We'll strap it on, and we'll be prepared. They'll be prepared. And the thing I like about them this year, and I think, you know, Tony's always been – a very, very good defensive team. They've always hung their hat on defense and have always been really good at it. And people say, yeah, well, Coach, you won 13 of the last 
16, you're 13 and three. Well, it really doesn't matter. Well, you've won four in a row. Who cares? Like tonight is what matters. This is the only thing that this team and our team, it doesn't matter if you've won three championships. Like it isn't like people are going to say, well, this is them or it doesn't work that way. The only thing that does work that way for us or against us is, and you understand this, both of you, everybody loves to beat us. Everybody. Because everybody loves to beat a winner. So our guys understand that and have to, but I really love the way their team is, is sharing the sugar. I love the way their team is stretching the floor and shooting the three ball better. I, you know, I, I, when I watch them, you know, I watch them from a distance. The Nolan kid who was player of the week this week, when you watch them from a distance and you see how connected he was on the bench, you really look at that and you say, wow, when this kid starts to play, you wonder if he's going to be the same. And he is. And, of course, those two wins against Kennesaw, you know, they didn't have the James kids. So as this team continues to grow and as we continue to grow, we've never had our top seven guys in a game yet this year. Never once. And tonight we're going to be down quite a few of those top seven. And it is what it is. And, and, and as we move forward and as we grow, I'm super, super excited about this crew. But tonight, 7 o'clock, this is who we are, and when we're going to get it on, and they're going to get it on, and, and it's an exciting time because we're going to get the opportunity. We passed all of our tests, so they passed their tests. You know, and you think about it, Brent, you look at your, your opening statement. This weekend in the A-Sun, there's only four women's teams playing. Wow. Yeah, and there, that means there's five not playing. How about that? Damn. Yeah. So, the so you you, yeah. you talk about you talk about like moving the chessboard around and trying to figure out who's going to play, who's not going to play, when you're going to play, when you're not going to play. How are we going to like this week? We're not supposed to play in Ju. Supposed to have Kennesaw at home, but it's better for the league to get more teams playing because Gulf Coast is on protocol to get Kennesaw to go to Liberty. And us to play JU, even though they were supposed to have a bye. So technically, us and JU both, neither one of us knows who we're playing next week. Because we're supposed to be playing each other. Coach, I mean, I I love the energy right now. I understand you're very respected in the sport of basketball. But you have another career as like an MMA promoter or a boxing promoter because you're crushing this right now. Uh, I want to ask you this. I understand you're going to say, you know, it doesn't matter, and and I appreciate it. I respect. Well, don't say I'm going to say that because you don't know what I'm going to say. Okay, okay, I don't know what you're going to say. Okay, well, so you kind of mentioned a little bit, right? You guys haven't played in a game in a while. And obviously you've been going through practice and practice and practice. I feel like with the sport of basketball, ball it's all about the flow like you get in your rhythm you play a couple games maybe every single week <laughs> and now you got guys that are just practicing like how difficult has that been like do you feel like you're on a level to peak right now or is it just kind of like the, the ebbs and flows ups and downs just because you don't know what the schedule is going to be like so first of all when you talk about flow it's not growth mindset flow so let's make sure we separate that sure because when you look at actually the mindset there's, there's great things that happen. That's why they call the thing in a washing machine an agitator, because it gets rid of all the dirt, right? So you got to have an agitator, you got to have stress, and you got to have confusion in order to get through the gate. Because sure. the gate is a difficult thing to get through and understand that being uncomfortable is where you want to go. And that chemical in your brain, that's the chemical that makes you quit. When the agitator, the stress, and the confusion is too great, you say, you know what, I quit. So how do you overcome that? How do you get to that next stage? Well, 
that's where the dopamine comes in, right? That's where that chemical comes in and pushes it down and suppresses it and says, no, look at this. Look where we are. Look how we've grown. Like, understanding our zone coverages is hard to do. And now all these inexperienced guys are getting there. Understanding our, our man, why we're so great and we flow so well. But it goes back to what you said, and I'm glad you said it. Playing the game is what is most critical. Correct. You can practice, 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 practice. But Allen Iverson wasn't stupid. <laughs> like, he wasn't dumb. Like, you've got to play the games. Like, you've got to play the games. So, yes, we've got to get out there. We've got to see what these dudes can do. And here's the other thing, too. We've been without Carter for seven straight games. So a lot of guys got a lot of minutes. But because of COVID, because of the COVID protocol, all season long, you're going to be pulling pieces and replacing Guys are going to be playing five minutes and then 25 minutes and then back to five minutes. You talk about mental where you're at, right? And in order to get through that gate, in order to get that focus, that, that, that really streamlined focus that you want to have, right, you've got to understand that. And then once you grasp that experience and you grasp that understanding, then and only then can you take that next step to get you want to get to. And that's culture. And that's what we got to keep doing. I know you guys got to go. I appreciate you and respect you. You guys got a difficult task in the next two to three months. I would say this to you, though. When you're talking to the people that really love the Jaguars like there's no tomorrow, I hope you continue to give them understanding from all angles so that they truly, 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 when this thing's done in April, they're truly jumping on board and understanding the direction that they're going. Man, Thanks, Coach. It, Appreciate coach. it. Hey, River City Rumble tonight. Best of luck tonight and tomorrow. Uh, sold out yeah. tonight at Swisher Gymnasium. We'll have highlights tonight on CBS 47 hey. and Fox 30. Hey, if you guys got a couple more blow-up mattresses, we're like one one short, maybe two. <laughs> we're just going to sleep overnight. See you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Matthew Driscoll, oh, Rumble tonight. I'll Jay. be honest, man. I'm going to call NCAA right now and see if I have any like years of eligibility left for basketball. Cause, like, He's the best. I want to go play for him. Right? I want to play tonight. He's going to lose his voice on ESPN 690 <laughs> before he even yells at a player tonight yeah. after tip-off. Uh, Matthew Driscoll, UNF Ospreys against the JU Dolphins tonight. It's the River City Rumble. Both games will be at Jacksonville University. That's the way the conference is working uh, this year. We'll have a full report of it tonight on TV, CBS 47, and Fox 30. He was mentioning Tony, Tony Jasek, the JU head coach, and he mentioned Carter, Carter Hendrickson. They finally get maybe their best player back tonight for the Ospreys. We'll be right back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. ShotCon's having a heck of a week. I'll tell you why next. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 